Hey Jaywalkers, a lot's happened in the last month. Uh, my cyborg princess goes under the knife the day after this episode goes live. And seeing as I'm only just finishing it up uh, two days before air, that's it's coming up quickly on me, yeah. Uh, all in all, she'll be pretty routine. She wants to adjust it in her next guest spot. I'm uh, kind of leaving it open for her to do that. I'm a relatively private person generally, so I I try to give people space to uh, to decide what and how to share those kinds of things. Uh, before I break into the topic and the rest of the personal around the episode, I uh, had a couple of things I wanted to cover. One set, so before I started getting into really doing the writing and the research for jaywalking, um, I've been talking through the premise with some friends and of course my partner in crime and I come up with the phrase proudly purple as a kind of tagline and there hasn't been anywhere to slip it in organically. So I'm telling you about it now because I don't want to waste it. <laughs> um, if you like it, let me know. The other is that I'm, I'm sure some of you have listened and thought this is the kind of jerk that, uh, that just watches those weirdly educational or deep divey kind of YouTube videos and yeah, between reruns of yells uh marbles and sarah milligan stuff i uh i've been watching the legia miller and legal legal law content but um so i've recently taken up illuminati and her video on autism speaks yes i know it's two years old and i'm i'm kind of late to that but it's a great video it's it's um she does a lot like what i want to do but she doesn't do it um it's not necessarily about being equal. She's calling out bad things specifically, but doing the kind of deep research. Um, so this is going to be a continuing episode. I'm not happy that that's how it's going down. For right now, I'm hoping this will be the only episode I have to split up. But um, it's it's been a rough month. Uh, I've been running 50, 60-hour work weeks. Uh, as a line cook, she's been putting in similar hours teaching, and then she's got her grad work. So we've been uh, we've been pretty balls to the wall, just trying to uh, stay awake in a clean house. And um, so you know that means I picked a big, hairy, controversial topic that requires a lot of research and nuance. So I won't be doing a takeaway today because I'm going to do at least one more episode to fill in the rest before I get into the opining and and what I've personally learned from all this. Because the topic is, when has someone repaid their debt to society? Uh, when does the punishment for a felon end, and should it end? So as long as we're doing something different with not doing everything in a single episode, we're also going to do a little, uh, a little more off script. We're not doing a history section this time because it just seemed untenable. Um, if there are specific historical points you think I should mention in the next episode, or if I do like an additional information episode, send it to jaywalkthroughlife at gmail.com, and that's all one word. Quick primer, once convicted of a felony, you lose a lot of rights and privileges based on where you live. In some states, you retain full voting rights even when you're in prison. In others, you, once you get convicted of a felony, you essentially lose your vote forever. Uh, in nearly every case, if you commit an armed offense, you don't get to own firearms again or, or certain knives. Uh, for unarmed offenses, whether you can ever get like a chef's knife at Walmart or a gun, 
um, depends on your state of residence. Now, what exactly is a felony? Uh, Wikipedia puts it as a crime of high seriousness. Uh, so obviously, like murder, armed robbery, these really hardcore kind of crimes. Apparently, some countries don't use the, the distinction of felony, felony or misdemeanor anymore. Uh, they go for indictable and summary offenses. The U.S. still uses felony and misdemeanor, and some of them may be fun, punishable by death. And this phrase is going to keep popping up depending where, depending on where you live. As usual, my sources are in the description. One of them is the Law Dictionary, which provides a fairly comprehensive look at what you lose as soon as you're convicted. But a quick list includes uh, your ability to vote, travel out of country, your ability to buy, sell, trade, possess a firearm, whether you can serve on a jury, your ability to get a job, uh, especially if that job requires a professional license or certification, whether you can see your kids after you're out of prison, uh, whether you can have actual custody of your kids once you're out, and whether you qualify for federally funded grants, uh, social security, public housing. Federal jobs and public positions cannot consider your felony unless it relates to the position. Like, you can't have people with armed robbery convic convictions work for the Treasury, uh, I assume. But private employers are not so restricted. If you're unsure of what rights you've lost after your prison time and parole are finished, or if you need to find out how to reinstate them, please contact a local attorney. Um, hashtag not legal advice. Like I said earlier, uh, I wasn't able to do what I wanted to get sources for everything. So today we're going to focus on voting. Now in Vermont and Maine, being in prison or on parole doesn't mean you lose your vote. But in every other state, uh, you lose the vote at least while you're uh, in prison. The ACLU has a great map that is also linked. So should felons get the vote as soon as their prison time and parole are finished? Uh, we'll start with the Orlando, Orlando Sentinel's article for no. Uh, weird side note, and maybe it's not so weird, uh, I've been trying to make sure the articles are from similar time frames, um, I mean, reputable sources first, of course, but I don't want to give you one source from, like, 1993 and the opposition from 2015, you know, uh, it, that would feel weirdly skeevy to me. Also, I've been laughing a lot, because this is the con side of the argument, and I am a child. Like, an unhealthy amount. Anyways, uh, both of these articles come from before the 2016 election. The so-called Voting Restoration Amendment would give the right to vote back to nearly all felons in Florida immediately on release, and that should scare you. After all, these are drug traffickers, child abusers, carjackers, and terrorists. It's important to note that SCOTUS has ruled in favor of states prohibiting felons from voting, and the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals, which is over Florida, has affirmed Florida's laws which provide a more tailored approach to people earning their vote back. Generally, five years after the sentence and parole have been finished, if the person hasn't reoffended, they can file for restoration of their rights with a state clemency board. For more serious offenses, that turns into seven years and a mandatory in-person hearing. Critics say that the board moves too slowly, but it's a problem needing an administrative fix, not a constitutional amendment. The system means we give uh, a long, hard look and ensure each person won't reoffend before we trust them with the right to vote. The second chance rhetoric is misleading because the amendment doesn't just cover first-time offenders. 
Given that between a quarter and a third of Florida's felons will reoffend within three years, per the uh, Department of Corrections, this opens the door for career criminals to elect soft-on-crime lawmakers and DAs while they commit crimes. The crimes that keep you from getting your vote back are kind of arbitrary and narrow. Murder and felony sex crimes. Apparently, if you beat your wife into a coma, you should get your vote back, but not if you kill her. At its core, the bill isn't about fairness. It's about changing the electorate. At the time of the article, Florida was fairly evenly split between Democrat and Republican. The 1.6 million eligible new voters would make up nearly 10% of the electorate. In the author's own words, allowing these felons to tip the balance and determining our state's policies concerning policing, drugs, mandatory minimums, three-strike laws, crime victims' rights, and other vital components of our justice system would be reckless and unfair to law-abiding voters. Um, so there's the again side. Uh, I'm I'm still working on the segues between these parts. Uh, I'm also working on not reading that as seg. I don't know if anybody else has that problem. Ugh. Sorry. Um, bouncy brain today. Uh, but we wouldn't be jaywalking if we didn't wander to the other side and check it out. Uh, the next piece is in the Chicago Tribune. Uh, America has over 2 million people in jail and prison. Uh, many people wonder whether or not those are, people are going to reoffend, but others worry about whether or not those incarcerated people are going to head to the polls instead. As of the writing of this piece, the governor of Virginia had signed an order restoring the voting rights of people who had completed their parole or probation. Previously, felons had permanently lost the right to vote when they were convicted. Governor McAuliffe was accused of signing this order in an attempt to shore up Virginia's voter base for Secretary Clinton to be elected president. He said it was more about getting those people back into society, though Senator Cruz insisted that violent criminals overwhelmingly vote Democrat. Uh, I'm linking the politic fact page mentioned in the article, which rated this claim mostly fault. Please, if I mention a fact check site in the opinion piece and don't link it, call me out. Um, the governor said that he didn't think about the partisan impact, but given his history with the party, the piece says that it's for the same reason he doesn't think about gravity. The effects of this order probably won't be as left-leaning as detractors claim. Uh, as plenty of Republican strongholds allow formerly incarcerated people to vote, like Alaska and Texas. The article also mentions Georgia here, but hey, it was 2016. <laughs> um, beyond that, we're talking about 200,000 people in a state where nearly 4 million voted in the 2012 election, or about 5% of that number. I did a quick Goog, and uh, looks like 8.5 million people lived in Virginia at the time, so less than 2.5% of the total population if they all decided to reclaim the right to vote. Most people, however, don't decide to go to the polls once they finish their sentence. The test of a policy like this is what it would mean outside of partisan consequences, though, and excluding felons from voting for life doesn't make as much sense as trying to re-enfranchise them. The ban on formerly incarcerated people voting goes back to 1902 with poll taxes and literally li literacy test requirements for voting. Uh, you may recall those measures were introduced to keep non-white people from being able to use their new federal right to vote, and the racial effect of these bans is still lopsided. Uh, importantly, these bans don't do anything to help prevent people from offending. We don't strip criminals of their rights to free speech or religion. 
obviously we can't make a blanket statement about giving people their Second Amendment rights immediately when they finish their sentence, uh, because weapons do factor into some felonies, but voting isn't a weapon. And then, in the author's own words, the chief result of disenfranchising former inmates is to discourage them from changing their ways and fully integrating into society. The people likely to be obstructed from voting are not the incorrigible criminals, but the reformed ones. They get jobs, pay taxes, and keep their noses clean. The sort of behavior that Republicans, as well as Democrats, should want to encourage. There are a lot of bad things criminals can do once they're released back into society. Voting isn't one of them. In the interest of fact-checking, and because I was curious, uh, Florida voted Republican in both the 2016 and 2020 races, uh, presidential races, and virginity voted Democrat in both. So these orders have appeared not to have a noticeable effect. Alright, so no takeaway this time, like I said. Still a lot more to find and discuss. Uh, looking into felons and firearms, employment, and anything else I can try to add on for a fully rounded look at what we, uh, what, when we do and should stop punishing felons. Uh, I'm hoping to have that out in two weeks, but it's much more likely that uh, we're going to be on May 25th as regularly scheduled. Um, as always, if you have a source you think I should check out or uh, another point of view, that's uh, jaywalkthroughlife at gmail.com. Uh, as usual, uh, Jaywalking Through Life is a Hidden Star Graphics property brought to you by JJ and the Cyborg Princess. Uh, we only have the email for the show right now. Uh, no other socials to check us out at. Uh, please rate us on Spotify or tell a friend if you like the show. And happy Mother's Day. <laughs>